If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by Ricky Sanders. This is going to be our all-NBA show, our preview. Of course, we are going to be you know, breaking down these teams in depth. We might even do specific team previews a little bit later on in the show. But now that we know the Board of Governors voted 29-1 to 1 in favor of returning, there's 22 teams invited back to play at the NBA Complex at Disney World, there are going to be eight regular season games played by the 22 teams that were invited back. There are more Western Conference teams invited back than Eastern Conference teams because there's a little bit more of a race for the playoffs there. Uh, Then, uh, actually, as of now, Ricky, we do not have an official word on what the playoff format is going to be like. So we will, of course, update uh, that information in the show as well. But it is confirmed basketball is back it's happening yeah and i'm kind of have mixed feelings as i think most people do that you know we're not including every team which you know it makes sense you don't need the bottom tier teams to figure out the playoff you know setting so on one hand like i get it on the other hand i'm the kind of guy who could sit there and watch a a hawks Cavs game and be just absolutely entertained so on one hand, I get it, and I think it, it was the move they had to do. But on the other hand, it still feels like it's only like half back. But because there's now betting markets, because we can talk playoffs, there's still plenty to be excited about. It's just like a 98% excitement as opposed to 
Actually, one thing before we get into um, our team-by-team look, what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to go ahead and go through the 22 teams that have been invited back and just kind of talk about where they, uh, you know, where they left things off and how things are looking for them moving forward. Do we think that this is going to have, you know, a really adverse impact on DFS? Because my guess is, Ricky, these games are going to be staggered out really hardcore, like throughout the course of the day, right? So so as opposed to a slate starting at, at six o'clock, I'm thinking it might kind of be like summer league where, you know, they're all playing in one gym. So literally like, you know, the Nets get done playing the Bucks, And then when the Bucks and Knicks are done, then the Celtics and the Raptors come in and play their games, which um, it was going to make for great TV. I don't know if that's necessarily going to make for great uh, DFS contests. Well, we love the Christmas slate every year, right? Where you get the one yeah. game, one game, one game. This is going to be a bit different, though, because I think superstars might be overvalued, which is weird because in the NBA, you always want to play the superstars. But on teams that have clinched, like the Milwaukee Bucks, I really worry about Giannis's minutes heading into the playoffs. Like, if they're winning a game comfortably, you're going to see, like, 25 minutes from Giannis. There's just no reason for them to push it. You know, they've been... They've had so much downtime. I think the same goes for, like, LeBron, Anthony Davis. I think these teams that have already clinched just have no reason to run their superstars into the ground. Maybe the final two or three games before the playoffs get going, you see them, you know, ramp all the way up. But but at least as the season starts, you know, and you only have, like, a five-game span where this is going to matter – But I think superstars are going to be a risky proposition, especially if you see their prices in daily fantasy where we usually see them, just because minutes are so important. And I think minutes are going to be a lot harder to judge when teams are are weighing the options between do we need this game or should we get ready for the playoffs? Yeah. And, you know, another thing that's going to be difficult in terms of daily fantasy, obviously, is going to be, you know, how hard are these dudes going to go on minutes? Are guys going to play really tight rotations or is it going to be more a scenario where instead of playing things, instead of playing things really tight, uh, coaches are playing, you know, their, their 13th, 14th guys or whatever, uh, you know, basically as a result of, you know, basically as a result of these guys aren't in great shape, right? These guys are not going to be in, uh, in the best shape of their lives more or less. Yeah. I think 11 man rotations will be something you see during this period. So It's going to be a a tough time for daily fantasy purposes. Minutes projections are going to be really, really difficult. I think you're going to want to focus on the teams that have not clinched as opposed to the teams that have, because I think the teams that have have a reason to be conservative. As long as you're already in, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're the Patriots, if you're the five or six seed, obviously you want to kind of work it to the way you want it and find a matchup in the first round that you like. But I don't think you're re- you're willing to risk the health of Victor Oladipo to do that. So I think, like you mentioned, they're going to be deeper rotations. And that's before we even start talking about the coronavirus and how that could knock out multiple members of a team just like that. And all of a sudden, we really can see the, the 14th, 15th guy getting into the rotation where we wouldn't have expected that if it were a regular NBA season. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think all of that is probably fair. I'm I'm really excited to just see what happens. Uh, but let's uh, I think we should start our conversation at the bottom. You know, leave them leave them waiting to the end for us to talk about the, the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers. So starting with the Wizards, they are 24 and 
40, they are, you know, they are, uh, it, it's very hard for them to get back and make the playoffs. But this is a, this is a team that I really like. They, they basically have to force a play in matchup and that would, um, you know, that would require them beating out the nets or the magic, which I guess is possible. You know, it is confirmed that, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving won't be playing for the nets. So I, I think I could see, I could put this in the realm of possibility. Um, you know, I mean, do we know? Do we know if uh, if John Wall has gotten any closer to coming back and playing? That would actually make me like a little bit more bullish on them. But I, I think the answer to that is probably no. Yeah, if Kevin Durant is any indication, I don't think we're going to be seeing John Wall this year. Even though he reportedly was like healthy back when the season was playing, and he was right. just waiting till next year. But you know, for a team that's this far out of the playoffs, is it worth rushing back to risk your health as opposed to just going through your normal offseason routine? Uh, I, personally, for me, the answer would be would be absolutely no. So I, I think John Wall's probably leading the same way. In terms of this team, they are a real long shot to make the playoffs. You mentioned they're like five and a half games uh, out behind the, the Brooklyn Nets, who, I mean, the Nets, if you're, if you're looking at betting markets on FanDuel right now, they're 350 to one favorites to make the playoffs. Uh, that's kind of a crazy number. And they're they're 22 and a half games back in the Milwaukee Bucks, Washington 28 and a half. So they're six games back specifically. They're five and a half games back of Orlando. But you look at this team, they don't defend the rim at all. That's been the, the biggest issue with the Wizards is on the defensive side of the ball. We know Bradley Beal can score the ball. We know Davis Bertans can shoot the ball. And Rui Hachimura looks like a player who is going to be nice over time. I mean, I think he's going to be a very solid power forward in this league for a while. But Thomas Bryant, you know, defending the rim, he's kind of just a guy. He came from Indiana and he was a backup in this league for a while. He found a spot here. He's not a good defender. Basically, you know, you can you can attack the rim at will with him. And, you know, behind him, Jan Mahimi was okay at doing so. But this team plays small a lot. So you'll have, you know, lineups where Rui Hachimura is the center. And basically any of these teams in the playoffs can just attack the rim, score a ton of points against Washington. And that's going to that's going to lead to them almost assuredly missing the playoffs. Yeah. OK, starting uh, moving now over to the West. We have the Phoenix Suns. They are the last to the bottom of the Western teams invited. So, you know, no, uh, no Clay Thompson, no Steph Curry here for the Golden State Warriors. I don't really think there's much at stake for the Suns here. It's very hard for me to imagine them. Uh, they are six games back. It's very hard for me to imagine them, you know, entering the race in a meaningful way. They, they would basically have to win all of their regular season games once, uh, you know, once they are sitting there in Orlando. I think the the big thing we're wanting to see from them is DeAndre Ayton, right? We are, we are wanting to see if Ayton is able to improve defensively, you know, how he's able to complement Devin Booker on offense. I, I think uh, that's really the only thing we are looking at for the Phoenix Suns, Ricky. Well, it should be noted that Kelly Oubre is expected to be fully recovered from that torn right meniscus, which was supposed to cost him the entire season. So they do get Oubre Jr. back, who, by the way, was having a pretty good season. 34 and a half minutes per game, almost 19 points. Uh, he was money from three-point land. And you had, you know, Aaron Baines surging before we, we hit the break as well. 
Uh, I love their big man duo, by the way. DeAndre Ayton's the one who's going to get all the press, but I think Aaron Baines at this point in time is the better player of the two when you take into consideration what a good defender he is and how he's added the three ball to his game. Uh, so Aaron Baines, you know, DeAndre Ayton gives this team like a huge entertainment factor that I'm happy to see them back, even though I don't really think they have much of a chance. Devin Booker is fun. I mean, Ricky Rubio finally gives them a point guard that's that's stable on this offense. It's just a matter of I don't think they're they're good enough to compete with these other teams that are fighting for the eight seed. I think the, the Pelicans are a step above them. So from an entertainment factor, I love seeing the, the Suns back. The pick and roll between Aiton and, and Ricky Rubio is fun. Seeing how Aiton can work with Devin Booker. Seeing how DeAndre Aiton has, by the way, developed that mid-range game. It all makes this a good team to watch, a bad team to bet. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's likely to be true. Another team that's going to be bad to bet got to be the San Antonio Spurs who just get so much respect from the market, but they are going to be returning without LaMarcus Aldridge. Adrian Wojnarowski just reported that he is going to be having uh, a, a shoulder surgery instead of going down to Orlando to play. Um, they are only one of four teams in this 22 team field that hasn't recorded a winning streak of at least four games this year. So I think asking them to show up in Orlando without LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, go on, uh, you know, go seven and one or whatever to get that eight seed. I think it's unlikely at best. I, I think it's it's probably just a situation where it's great that the Spurs are here. You know, they're going to uh, probably they'll be able to give Lonnie Walker some extra minutes The you know, some of their developmental guards, uh, Derek White, you know, they, they're going to get more out of those guys. But I'm not expecting to see a ton from the Spurs here. No, I think this is just the Spurs getting the invite for the narrative. I mean, they've made the playoffs for 22 consecutive seasons. And, and I mean, if you're going to invite the Suns, you have to invite this team. But no LaMarcus Aldridge basically gives them zero chance, right? They're being given credit for 17. You could bet, sorry, 170 to 1. Is that is that correct? Or 17 that, to 1? 117 to 1. Okay, there we go. 170 to 1 on FanDuel for them to make the playoffs, which, I mean, you say they're getting respect. That's a pretty tall task. But without LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, you see where these usage numbers have gone. Uh, it's gone a lot more through DeJounte Murray, who's been 22.3% usage without him. We've seen slightly more DeMar DeRozan, who isn't like a high percentage field goal shooter. And we've seen a lot of Jakob Pertl starting, who's like fine for daily fantasy if you could get him for cheap. But in terms of like winning basketball games and playing Jakob Pertl 30 minutes a game, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. The The Spurs, if they made the playoffs this year, would be an NBA record 23 straight seasons. I just don't think it's happening. I think the betting market set it at about the proper line. Yeah, I think that is the case as well. We are going to go ahead and head into break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. When we return, we are going to continue this conversation, taking a look at the Kings, the Pelicans, the rest of the Western Conference, winding our way through the 22 teams there to play in Orlando. See you guys on the other side of break. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders, breaking down the entire 22-team field for the play-in tournament and the NBA playoffs, just kind of giving everyone a little bit of a, a refresher on what was going on with these teams before the season stopped. Like, you know, I, I just was, uh, I, I, I just not even remembered that Kelly Oubre was a part, uh, was a part of that Suns rotation, you know, so definitely a, a lot of stuff for us to learn here. Moving on to the Kings who are really a, a surprising team, Ricky, they were seven and three before uh, or after the all-star break and before the stoppage of play as a result of the coronavirus. I I kind of believe the Kings are drawing live to make the playoffs. I, I really like their team. Like, I think De'Aaron Fox is really good. I'm a longtime Buddy Heald truther. Bogdan Bogdanovich is like the perfect wing player here because he just kind of takes what uh, is given to him. Harrison Barnes was, you know, Harrison Barnes is like a much better power forward than a small forward, which is the position he was asked to play for most of his NBA career. And now... They have Bagley back, uh, Marvin Bagley for back from his injury. So I kind of think that uh, I, I kind of think that this team is interesting. Yeah, tied with Portland and New Orleans at 21 and a half games back of the leader, 
and more importantly, you know, just outside the playoff picture. I think what's holding this team back and the reason I would be scared to bet them is I am the exact opposite of a Luke Walton truther. I don't think he's a very good basketball coach. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, Yeah, and for those of you who play Daily Fantasy, you're probably as frustrated with Luke Walton as I am. Like, why can't Buddy Heald get starter minutes on this team? Uh, Remember they relegated him to the bench towards the end of the year, and they were playing uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and I— didn't understand how you couldn't find a way to get them both starter minutes. You just play Bogdanovich as your backup point guard if you need to for stretches, and you could just have your best players on the floor. And for some reason, you know, Luke Walton couldn't figure that out. I mean, when Marvin Bagley was back, he sort of had a minute ceiling. So I'm not a huge fan of Luke Walton, who, by the way, his season high for for wins was, you know, the 2018-19 Lakers, 37 wins. I know they didn't have LeBron. Uh, But he kind of made a mess of that team. You know, there were players mad at him. And, I mean, I think this team has some talent. De'Aaron Fox is is a good NBA point guard. Buddy Heald is a good NBA three-point shooter approaching a 40%, you know, three-point rate. Marvin Bagley looks like he's going to be a double-double threat in this league for a while. I mean, Harrison Barnes overpaid, but a solid NBA scorer. You know, Bogdanovich looks like he's a player who is trending upward. So I think this team has talent, but... You know, figuring it how it all is going to work together. I don't think there could be a worse coach in terms of a fit. So you look at these teams that are tied for this spot. I think if Damian Lillard plays, which, by the way, is a big question mark, uh, I prefer them. I think I prefer New Orleans as well, even though you go, you know, man for man down the roster. And I'm not sure either of those teams is so much better than the Kings. Yeah, I, I think that is. Um, I think that's. I think that's very likely to uh, to be true. So moving on now, the the team everyone wants to talk about, and and really, I I kind of think that Zion being on the Pelicans is why I I literally do actually think that if Zion was not on the Pelicans, if he was not such a a fan draw, essentially, I don't know if I think they would have just went right to the playoffs. Like I I think I think Zion getting getting Zion on people's TVs is a big reason why we are focusing on why we are focusing on this. Yeah. I mean, not that there were any like elite Eastern conference rookies, but the ones who got sent home have to be kind of pissed off that like, you know, they're letting John Morant and and Zion Williamson run with it. and, And there's no love for any of them, but yes, I think the fact that you could get Zion Williamson additional games in his rookie year that was already cut short in a year the NBA was probably expecting their revenues for games with, you know, associated with him to kind of skyrocket in terms of viewership, in terms of, uh, you know, people buying his jerseys. You had to include Zion Williamson here. And the Pelicans are one of the most fun teams here. I really would be completely fine betting them to get in the playoffs. I mean, they're not that far out. You've got the Memphis Grizzlies at 18 games back. You've got this trio of teams three and a half games behind them. And you have New Orleans to make the playoffs at 3.8 to 1, which isn't, you know, statistically great odds. If you think this plays out, you know, four times, are they going to make it once? Uh, not necessarily. I think, you know, in terms of simulations, you'd probably be feel better with like five to one, six to one type odds for this Pelicans team. But, you know, Lonzo Ball was starting to get that shot going. And we already know he's a good defender. We already know he can do Draymond Green type things on the court. Uh, you've got Zion Williamson, who just needs to keep playing to keep getting better. Uh, and you've got some talent around him. I mean, this was Brandon Ingram's breakout year. Brandon Ingram all of a sudden was, you know, a 20 plus point scorer a night. 
and was figuring out how to play with Zion Williamson. I mean, there was it was kind of a scenario where it was whoever had the hot hand was having the good night on this offense. That also includes Drew Holiday. It also includes Derek Favors, who was kind of just, you know, dealt, relegated to a role player with a, a young, talented center, Jackson Hayes, behind him. You got J.J. Redick, who's the shooter, who you don't need to play big minutes on this team. I think there's just a lot of good pieces that – if you gave this team 20 more games, they all of a sudden could have been a scary team here. I still think they're a bit of a scary team, but I think, you know, not having the consistency and the time to play together may have hurt this team. At And even having said that, I think like three and it, 3.8 to 1, you know, plus 380 in the FanDuel betting market. I think it's like a reasonable bet to take. It's probably not 100% in your favor, but I like this team. I do too, and... I mean, another thing is, is they're going to have to play the Lakers or the Clippers, right? If they, if they do, if they do end up, uh, you know, winning out this battle for the eight seed. And I, you know, I like Zion. I like Drew Holiday. I like Lonzo. Um, I even kind of like Brandon Ingram. I just, they're just not good enough to beat those teams. They just, they don't quite have the, they don't, they're just not quite there yet. So uh, I, I think that's, um, you know, betting, betting on the Pelicans on these odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the championship Probably not great. Betting on them to make the playoffs, I actually could see as, you know, a decently plus EV wager. Yeah, I mean, that that's all you care about, right? I mean, you'll once you get them in the playoffs, then you get that matchup against the Lakers, which you'll watch every game. It probably won't be close, but you're not betting on that part of it, which is which is the nice part. Yeah. Um, so the next team, I I think for whatever reason, the Blazers are just kind of uh dusted off you know they they just have kind of the Damian Lillard CJ McCollum momentum has sort of just petered out I mean Lillard was having uh, a heroic season before before the coronavirus stoppage I, I think though the Pelicans are probably a little bit better than the Blazers and I, I I mean maybe the Blazers are better than the Grizzlies though but I I would uh, I would bet on the Pelicans making the playoffs ahead of the Blazers I think though it does seem like Yusuf Nurkic might be able to give them some minutes now yeah I think Nur- Nurkic is a useful piece a guy who was a starter but you talk about the heroics of Damian Lillard how about that month of January for him by the way 34.1 points per game on 48.8 percent shooting that was just arguably the best month of Damian Lillard's career. And even February, he was over 30 points per game. So he became like the true number one guy. But there's a lot of issues with this team. Um, Carmelo Anthony playing big minutes, that's an issue at this point. He's a ball hog. He's not a great defender. Damian Lillard is not a great defender. CJ McCollum, not a great defender. Hassan Whiteside, not a great pick and roll defender. So you could pick apart this defense. And that was what kind of concerned me, where you don't have that same kind of concern with the Pelicans. The Pelicans play quick, but their offense is designed to do such things. And so there's a lot of possessions and a lot of points, but that doesn't necessarily mean the defense is bad. uh, If you're following with me here, it just means they're a fast paced defense. So obviously they're going to allow some points. The thing with this team is the one team the rumor was that voted against it was the Portland Trailblazers for them to come back in this format, which really makes me believe that the owner believes that Damian Lillard will not be back. And if Damian Lillard is not back, you just pound no. This team won't make the playoffs. You take the six to one, uh, you know, minus 600, 
and you take it to the bank. I don't care how big of a favorite that is. This Portland Trailblazers team has zero chance without Damian Lillard. It has about as much chance as me playing in this rotation as them making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I am with you on wanting to short uh, on wanting to short the Blazers for sure. Okay. The Orlando Magic, a surprisingly like good team. Like they're not they're not great, right? They have um they have some decent future building block players in uh, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. I think the the issue that the Magic have, Ricky, is um they just they don't they don't have a ton of shooters. And to me, I, I don't know. I I just can't bet on a team like the Magic. So I I am looking to bet them, you know, not to make the playoffs and if they do make the playoffs, you know, betting against them in uh in the first round for sure. What you don't consider Markel Fultz a shooter? Right, yeah. <laughs> that goofy form that he actually, I mean, it has gotten better to give him credit. I mean, I had fully written him off and he looks like a guy who at least can attack the rim. Um I mean, he's got, like, the offensive skill set of, like, a Rajon Rondo with, with a slightly better game, uh, except for the fact that, you know, he's not as good of a rebounder, not as good of a passer, but he's going to be fine. I mean, I think Markel Fultz is going to be fine. But, yeah, you've got, like, the mid-range jump shot of Nikola Vucevic, who's, who's a good player. Um, you've got Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross as, like, your scoring specialists. And, you know, talking about your scoring specialists on this team, we're talking about 18.8 and 14.8 points per game. I just don't think there's enough scoring on this team for them to be competitive over the long run. I mean, you look at, like, I mean, I thought I think Aaron Gordon is a guy who should theoretically be amongst their top scorers, and he's just so inconsistent. When you play Daily Fantasy, you know there are games that Aaron Gordon just does not show up to. And then down the stretch, all of a sudden, Aaron Gordon was getting into, you know, being a ball handler. I mean, we were seeing close to triple doubles from Aaron Gordon, which I would have been so intrigued by to see if that continued. I still think you can see some big Aaron Gordon lines. I think that's a guy to target, by the way, in daily fantasy when the NBA starts up, just in case people forgot that he was trending in that way to handle the ball more. But there's just not enough scoring. I mean, we'll see what the situation is with Jonathan Isaac. I think if he were uh, to come back, that would be impactful. But as of you know, us recording, he's not expected to be available for the Magic. But even with his return, that would only help you know pump up this defense, and you still wouldn't have enough offensive firepower. I'm with you. If a team can't score, they're going to have issues playing with Milwaukee, playing with really anyone that's a t- an upper echelon seed in the in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Um, all right, everyone, we are going to get ready to head into uh, into break here. When we return, we have loads of heavy-hitting teams left uh, to discuss. Haven't even gotten to the Memphis Grizzlies yet. Haven't even gotten to the uh, surprisingly good Oklahoma City Thunder. The Brooklyn Nets, who uh, certainly were outperforming their baselines before the coronavirus break. The Indiana Pacers, the Luka Doncic-led Dallas Mavericks. Lots, uh, lot more to get into when we return from break. Uh, so, uh, definitely look forward to that. I, I actually am very much looking forward to talking about uh, the jazz dynamics with Rudy Gobert at the at the heart of uh, all of this. So we're going to go ahead and head into break here real quick on the Daily Rotor Hour on Sports Grid TV. See you guys in just a few moments. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by Ricky Sanders, breaking down the 22-team field, uh, coming back to play the NBA playoffs in Orlando. Our next team up, Ricky, Brooklyn Nets, 30-34, and 34, uh, 200-1 to win the NBA championship. Kevin Durant, not going to be there. Kyrie Irving, not going to be there. This is, uh, this is really going to be... Uh, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. However, the Nets did just fire uh, right before the break. They just fired Kenny Atkinson. So to me, just kind of a, a rudderless team. Not not really. I just am not excited to watch them play when basketball gets back, basically. No, and they're a frustrating team for daily fantasy. Um, I mean, you've got those two centers that eat into each other where you really believe that, you know, one of them should be a starter in this league. My preference would be Jared Allen at this point, but like DeAndre Jordan's been a good rim protector for a while. 
Uh, you, you hit on it. You know, Karis Levert, I think, is the guy that if you're excited to watch this team, it's because you're excited to watch him become kind of an all-around player, you know, a ball handler, rim attacker. Uh, he's developed a nice little shot. He's a guy who could probably give you close to 25 and 5 in a night with all these guys out. And I think that's the level of excitement for this team. I really can't find too much else to be excited about unless you're excited about, like, the shooting prospects of Joe Harris, Garrett Temple, Toreen Prince, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's just I'm such, not, such I'm mad. I'm not at all. Yeah. Right, yeah. I just, I just don't care, right? I just, I'm not... Not interested in really much of anything that uh, that they they have to uh, to add here. So we we can move on, I think, pretty safely from the Nets, um, a team that certainly would have enjoyed the uh, the season just starting uh, or the playoffs just starting. Ricky has got to be the Memphis Grizzlies sitting at thirty two and thirty three. They were sitting there uh, ready to be the uh, the team that uh, would have been the eighth seed in the Western Conference. They uh, they were starting to lose though on their way back in to uh, to the playoffs. So they were kind of uh, they were on a backward skid while the Pelicans were moving up the standings. Uh, I I like this Grizzlies roster though. I I loved the trade for Justice Winslow, like a, a guy that I thought had you know a long term ceiling in the uh, in the NBA. And I was surprised to see the Miami Heat make the trade that they did. Um, like I, I would not surprise me if Justice Winslow was, you know, one of the better players when uh, the NBA does reconvene in Orlando. Yeah. It, I mean, it's coach speak, but Spolstra had said like he views Justice Winslow as a guy that's that can score 20 plus points a, a night in this league. And then they got rid of him. So maybe they were just trying to primp up his value, but he's a good fit for this team that, I mean, it, needs offense on occasion. I mean, Dylan Brooks is a guy who they'll rely on his like mid-range jump shot to kind of propel them along on nights where John Morant's shooting poorly or the nights where Jaron Jackson just doesn't show up because of either poor performance or foul trouble, which seems to be like an habitual thing for him. You always have Jonas Valanciunas in the low post, although foul trouble can be an issue for him at times as well. So it's just a completely inconsistent ball club. And I think Justice Winslow brings some consistency there, certainly a lot more so than Josh Jackson, who's like the personification of a roller coaster ride when he's on the floor. I mean, a guy who will just chuck shots, who will just, you know, aimlessly you know fly to the rim and, and throw up layups that just have absolutely no prayer I think Justice Winslow gives them that solidified guy who can handle the ball a little when you don't have John Morant on the court and can still make plays because you really don't get that like playmaking ability from Tyus Jones you've got DeAnthony Melton who's a really interesting player off the bench I do think there is some allure to this team. I just don't know what you're going to get on a nightly basis from a rookie, John Morant, who seems to show up at times and not, and more, even more so, Jaron Jackson Jr. And, like, I'm trying to think of a good, you know, player comp for Jaron Jackson, and it's really difficult because he has the makings of being, like, a, an Antoine Jameson in his prime who can block and steal or like a Brooke Lopez playing power forward in terms of a stat line, you just don't get any consistency from him. So it's hard to say, like, he reminds you of this guy because some nights he could be Antoine Jameson 20 and 10, and other nights he can't find the basket and is in foul trouble and you have, like, 0 points, 3 rebounds. So you really need some more consistency out of Jaron Jackson. Uh, Brandon Clark hurting does not help the prospects. He is expected to be available, some sore quads. Um, but you really want to see him at 100% if you're betting on this team because he gives them that nice, nice depth. If you get a bad game from Jaron Jackson to have Brandon Clark's kind of just 
you know, his athleticism and his effort off that bench. Yeah, I think the, um, I think I, Brandon Clark, a guy guy I didn't even really think about, but yeah, I mean, obviously Brandon Clark was a, a big reason why Memphis was able to uh, to outperform their baselines. Uh, our next team here, the Mavericks, forty and twenty seven. So we are now no longer in the uh, the play in categories. We think that uh, we think that these are teams that are pretty much locked into the playoffs, regardless of how the NBA chooses to go about things. Um, probably a little bit too early in Luka Doncic's career to expect him to just, you know, go full LeBron, put a team on his back and, uh, you know, carry them to a conference finals or something. But I am excited to see Doncic play meaningful games. Yeah, his first playoff appearance is going to be something to watch. We're unsure of the status about Seth Curry, but regardless if he's in, I just worry that this Mavericks team is like one piece away from truly being competitive. You do have some excellent pieces that, by the way, were starting to mesh as things were going into this coronavirus break. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic were figuring it out how to play with one another. The, the you know, the pick and uh, pop basically with Kristaps Porzingis, you know, stepping back beyond the three-point line. Luka Bat- Doncic attacking the basket. You have Tim Hardaway Jr. as kind of that other scorer, but I really think you do need another impactful player. Like you're getting power forward minutes from uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber. I think they need a stretch four, something like that, for them to to really be able to run this offense like it, in a similar version to the way that like the Rockets with James Harden have tried to do except for the fact that they have the perfect, perfect, perfect center for this sort of thing. The Rockets, you know, you had those lobs to Clint Capella. I think that held them back in the playoffs. Having Kristaps Porzingis being a floor stretcher, I think for 2021 and beyond, this Mavericks team is going to be really dangerous. And once we get to this offseason, you know, the Mavericks to win the championship at huge odds might be something that I'm interested in, especially if we see them sign a player or two. I just think we're a year early with them. I still think they're going to be competitive. Yeah, they need to add some wing depth, obviously. Uh, you know, some yeah. like and, and to let Luca play point guard instead of playing on the wing would be big. You know, they are just rotating this cast of characters yeah. at uh, you know Delon Wright and JJ Barea and just like all, like you know uh, Seth Curry. You know, a lot of these borderline you know starting talent guys, and it would be it would be better to have Luca play there and then have you know uh, you know a, a three and D guy playing in Luca's position. Speaking of uh, guys who uh, need to learn to shoot, the Philadelphia 76ers, 39-26. and 26. Here is why I actually am kind of bullish on them at 25-1. to 1. Embiid just got three months to just chill, right? Let his knees, let his knees rest, um, you know, work on his conditioning, whatever, uh, in the middle of a season. I think that's a, a massive edge for the 76ers. I really do. Yeah, the thing you have to worry about with the 76ers is that Milwaukee Bucks team at the top of this division who protects the rim so incredibly well. And when you have a team that's built on, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons being your two stars, mind you, guys like Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Josh Richardson can shoot from the outside. But when you're reliant on a guy like Ben Simmons attacking the rim, the Milwaukee Bucks are your absolute kryptonite. So if you find a scenario where you have to play the Bucks, you're pretty much screwed, I think, in, in, a, in a longer series. I don't think this team has what it takes to beat them specifically. 
if by some miracle you don't have to face the Bucs, I think this team matches up much better against every other team in the Eastern Conference. And then you get to, you know, the NBA Finals. I mean, you know, if the Lakers are there, that's kind of a tough spot. I think the Clippers are a better matchup for this team. But, you know, once you get there, I think anything can happen. I just really worry about that matchup specifically. Ben Simmons against a team that forces teams to shoot from the outside more than any other team in the NBA, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think the Bucks are, are really where the Bucks stops, you know, pun intended there. Uh, for this Philadelphia, I mean, the, the Bucks just have all the math in their advantage, right? So, like, not yeah. only, not, I mean, not only is Giannis better than anyone on Philadelphia's roster, but they, they do, they all the math works for them, and the math works against Philly because their two best players don't shoot three pointers well. Like Embiid shoots them, he just doesn't shoot them that well. Not well at all. Yeah, I mean, there have been times when the team has called for him to stop shooting those three-pointers. And then you've got, like, two big men against the Milwaukee team that can push the pace. Yeah, I mean, if you could find a scenario where Philly, you know, someone else beats Milwaukee and Philly doesn't have to face them, I feel better. You know, for those odds, I think it's okay. But I, I just really worry about Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, I, I I think that's um, I think that's fair. Pacers. I don't have anything to say about them. I think, you know, 39 and 26, good for them. 125 to 1 to win the title. I just, I don't know. I just, they're not an inspiring team to me. Maybe maybe that makes me yeah. Harlan Freaky. Uh, I think Sabonis, by the way, could be a guy that we were talking about for the maps that would be like a really perfect fit. A guy who can shoot mid range, by the way. Sabonis, a really good free throw shooter and mid range shooter. But, you know, Sabonis, Victor Oladipo, those are the exciting pieces here. I don't think it's enough. You don't get consistency from Miles Turner, who's a decent rim protector, but there are also games where he doesn't show up, and you know he is a, he's an inconsistent scorer to say the least. Certainly an inconsistent rebounder for a guy who's that big. Uh, I don't think the Pacers have enough. I, I'm I'll be happy to see Victor Oladipo back. I think he's going to be a superstar once again once he gets his feet under him. But yeah, this this Pacer team is is not going places in my opinion. Uh, do we have, uh, well, actually, you know what, let's save, let's save the Rockets for after the break, uh, a team we can talk about, team we can talk about very quickly, the Heat, uh, a team I really liked at the beginning of the year, I think the issue with the Miami Heat is, um, is basically that, uh, they're very good, like, one through ten or whatever, but they are, uh, you know, not that good, like, they don't have a superstar, basically, like, that's the, that's the whole issue. Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler is much better as a number two on a championship winning team. He's the number one here with Bam Adebayo, another team that's probably just one player away. Although the shooting of Duncan Robinson has given them that extra dimension. But like you like you kind of alluded to, I think you need one or two more like true impact players that, that just the best teams in the conference all have. Yeah, um, so we are going to go ahead and head into our final break. When we return, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the uh, these we we will say in this final break, uh, you know, we think that these are the teams that can win the championship. You know, the Bucks, the Clippers. Uh, you know, you got Giannis, you have Kawhi, you have LeBron, you have Jokic, and you know, I I remain pretty bullish on the Boston Celtics as well. Uh, you know, I I think Tatum. So like right now, we don't conceive of Tatum as you know a true A plus superstar. I think he might be, though, uh, basically is, is sort of what uh, what I think about that. So we are going to go ahead and go into our final break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV when we return LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic, and uh, all the rest. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome into our final break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders. Starting off the top here as we as we are moving up, I, I want to talk about the Rockets because I love the experiment. I love the centerless experiment. And, you know, I just want to see them play P.J. Tucker at center, you know, shoot nothing but three-pointers or layups. Like, I know a lot of people hate it. I love it. I think it's great, Ricky. Oh, it's great fun, but can it win a championship? And I think we're learning as time goes on. Like, no one questioned the Draymond Green death lineup, by the way. So it's not like he was a true center. He was a good defender, and he was slightly taller, so maybe, like, teams gave him credit for that. And because he was, like, known as a superstar, they just gave him a pass. But, you know, the personnel here isn't, like— terribly different in terms of like how tall everyone is i guess you had durant at power forward who was a a seven footer so you did have more rebounding on that team as opposed to like a robert covington who's a small forward playing out of position 
But when you have James Harden, you do want to set up, like, the guys who can shoot threes around him. So, in theory, like, it makes sense. But in practice, I don't think P.J. Tucker's the guy you had in mind uh, to kind of be your center. So, I, I think, you know, this team would have preferred to have someone like a Kristaps Porzingis like we talked about. I mean, I think that would be the ideal guy. They just haven't been able to find it. And because it's P.J. Tucker in the middle, I don't think this is a championship caliber team, which sucks for James Harden because the way he plays and if you could build an offense around him, there definitely is a scenario in which he could win a championship. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's um, I think that's true. I Like, for example, uh, you know, the Rockets and the Nuggets have similar championship odds. I would take the Rockets all day, every day. I think they're clearly a better team. Yeah, I actually do too. I just, I'm not sure about that Denver style. I mean, running the offense through the center is so unique that we don't really have too much to compare it to. But, you know, Jamal Murray, very good. And then you've got like a bunch of like solid pieces. Millsap was starting to look like uh, he was going to fit better in this team. You know, Michael Porter Jr. for the future is someone I am extremely excited about. But yeah, I just don't think they, they have enough. There's too many just like guys as opposed to, to impact players behind Jokic. If you could if you could give like a Jimmy Butler there, you know, a guy who Jokic could scheme open as opposed to like a Gary Harris, I think then we would be talking. But because you don't have that sort of player at shooting guard or small forward, I, I'm I'm not high on them. I think that's um I think that's probably fair. Okay, Jazz or Thunder? Who who's better? Who do you who do you think has a a, a better Overall team, better odd to win a better odds to win a playoff series. The Thunder right now. Uh, I don't think you can bet on the Jazz with Bojan Bogdanovich out and that that rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We don't know how that's going to play out. It could very easily be nothing, but we do know that Bojan Bogdanovic was a big part of the offense and a big part of the reason that, that we thought this team could be more competitive this year is they were missing that shooter. Bogdanovic would have games where he's lights out. You take him out of this rotation, and I just don't see where you find the offense to compete with these other teams. So by default, I'm taking any other team basically other than them, and the Thunder are the team here. I know they're a guard-heavy team, and with Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, that doesn't feel comfortable. I love Steven Adams as a defender, as a guy who's going to give you effort, you know, the entire time. And Gallinari is like that true stretch four that you look for that, you know, would be a, a nice little fit on the Mavericks if he needs a place to, to play anytime soon. But I'm just not betting on the Jazz. I'm really worried about them. I think that Bogdanovich factor is going to be understated by the market. People are going to talk about Gobert and Mitchell. And I think that needs I, to be mentioned. I, I but... mean, the championship odds for these two teams on the, the FanDuel Sportsbook are Jazz 29 to 1, Thunder 100 to 1. Um, yeah. There's no real way to profit on those odds because we don't think either of them are going to beat the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, or Rockets or whatever. But, like, of all the teams after the Celtics at 20 to one, the team I would bet would be the Thunder for sure at 100 to one. Yeah, I think the way to profit would be to find a buddy and say, I bet you the Thunder wins a, a series before, uh, you know, the, the, the Jazz do. And if they both lose, then you, you lose nothing. But I think the Thunder just have a better chance to succeed. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, okay, so the Raptors, I guess no one, no one's talking about the Raptors, right? Everyone's just like, you know, we want to talk about the Celtics. We want to talk about the Bucks, but the Raptors, they've been there. They've done it. Uh, probably good for a veteran team, you know, with so many guys over the age of 30 to get this rest. You know, Gasol's rested, Lowry's rested. Um, 
you know, that I, I think that's undoubtedly uh, a competitive advantage for them compared to a younger team like the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, the, the narrative, if you're betting on the Raptors, is that Nick Nurse is like a stud. But we've seen, I don't think Nick Nurse is the best coach in this league. I think it's Brad Stevens. And we've seen him with teams that I would argue are more talented than this one, just not be able to get there with coaching, right? I mean, I would rather have Kawhi Leonard than a coach any day of the week in the NBA. You need the superstars. And this team is lacking one. They're a good defensive bunch, especially when you get that lineup with a short center with, with Serge Ibaka. I'm actually not going to take away from Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol is still a good defender at this point in his career. Uh, this Toronto team was around the tops in defensive efficiency against centers all year long, and it was because of that center rotation. I just think Marcus Gasol's career trajectory is clearly on the downturn in general, where you get just a, a livelier lineup when you play Serge Ibaka at center. Pascal Siakam is a guy who continues to get better. I mean, he'll play all the minutes in the world, and they will be very efficient minutes. So kudos to him. But, you know, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell, small forward rotation. I think Norman Powell, by the way, is an upper echelon scorer in this league. He does not get enough credit. But just that that that's a, that's a spicy point. take. That's a spicy take, Rick. I I really think Norman Powell is a is a very good scorer. Uh, just from the eye test, multiple times where guys have sat out, Norman Powell has been able to to hang twenty burgers uh, whenever he is needed. So yeah, if that's a hot take. I would I would say any team that that's devoid of scoring, go for a Norman Powell. But yeah, I think I think they're missing Kawhi Leonard, and that's really all you need to say. Okay, the Boston Celtics can win the NBA championship. They are a good enough defensive team to stick with the Bucks. They play the mathematically correct style of basketball to hang with, you know, a Bucks team that is basically the 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 Bucks are basically the Rockets with better defense and like more versatile ways of scoring. And I, I, I legit, I do think that the the Celtics can beat them. And again, another team that has benefited from the layoff, Ricky, Kemba Walker has had a chance to get healthy now. Yeah, I really think if you're trying to take a long shot, this is the longest shot I would take for the NBA Finals at 20 to 1 for the Boston Celtics. I think that's a great number. We had discussed on the show before that, like, the young legs of the Celtics team, you give them a layoff, like, I think it's going to be easier for them to adjust to get to ramping back up than it will for some of these older teams. And this is a very deep ball club. And if Jason Tatum is the superstar that he was looking like before the break, all of a sudden, you know, we were talking about how this team's missing like that guy. Jason Tatum very possibly is that guy. You have Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker, who are two, you know, all-star caliber players around him. Jalen Brown is a guy who can give you 20-plus points if you need it. It's really the center position where you're not sure. Enos Cantor is a good scorer. You can't play him for extended stretches in the playoffs because of his defense. But that's why you have Daniel Tice, who can defend at the center position. So... I think when we're talking about the Eastern Conference, you're not talking about the two seed if as like the long shot to win it, even though, you know, the, actually the betting markets have, have kind of figured that out. The Raptors 24 to one. I think the Celtics team is just better suited for the playoffs than everyone else other than the Bucks. And I mean, I don't like the Rockets at 13 to one to win the championship. So if we're talking about like who legitimately has a chance. I think it's four teams, and this is the team with the longest odds. So this is the one I'd be most likely to bet. Yeah, I I, I agree with uh, I agree with all of that. 
All right, let's talk about the two big LA teams, Lakers or Clippers. I am I'm team Lakers and uh, I'm team Lakers for a couple of reasons. One, I actually think the Clippers roster is better. Um, LeBron James already was playing too many minutes, right? And it would have been a disaster in the playoffs with how often they play in the playoffs and and the travel and everything. So one, you eliminate the travel. So that that is a that's a huge edge for older teams. Um, it's it's like that. I, I really cannot be to me overstated how big of an edge that is for older teams. The the travel it's it's statistically shown that older teams struggle with more travel. LeBron with rest, you know, LeBron with this time off. I just I just think it's uh I think it's so big for them. It's flipping a coin here between these two teams. I think I'm Team Clippers, if only for the reason that you mentioned, that I think the roster is deeper. I think LeBron James is the superstar between those two teams. If there's one player I'd want to rely on in the playoffs between these two rosters, it's not Paul George, it's not Kawhi Leonard, it's LeBron James. But this Clippers team has just lineups that, you know, it— we hadn't really seen it, but I was expecting over time you get a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, like Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell lineup. Like, how do you defend it? How do you how do you compete with that? Because it's so good defensively from three spots in the lineup, and it's so good offensively from basically every spot in the lineup that I thought it was like their own version of the death lineup, you know, other than the fact that Montrez Harrell is a guy who just attacks the basket and that death lineup for the Warriors had a bunch of shooters. Uh, I just thought that that lineup was going to emerge as one where we'd look at it like, okay, how are you going to beat this team in the playoffs? And we just didn't have time to see it. I'm hoping we see it with like these eight games that the team ha- teams have to get ready. If we don't see the chemistry starting to mesh, I think my take will kind of you know wither over time. All right. Bucks, do they win the NBA championship? Are they just better than the Celtics? Better than the Raptors, deeper than the deeper than the Lakers, more talented at the top end than the Clippers. I, for what it's worth, it would not surprise me any of the top three teams winning. Um, I think the Bucks are maybe a little bit overrated in terms of regular season dominance, but when rotations get uh, tighter in the playoffs, I, I mean the Clippers and the Lakers are just dramatic. Like, yes, Giannis is amazing, but. The second best guy on the Bucks would be the third best guy on both the Clippers and the Lakers, and I think that matters. Yeah, and I'm kind of biased because I was at a game in Milwaukee earlier this year where the Clippers were like nine-point underdogs or something. I was like, wow, that's too much, and Milwaukee just absolutely ran them out of the gym. It was one of those surprising games where you just think, like, how are the Clippers not competing here? Uh, so having seen that in person, I want to say yes to this Milwaukee Bucks team. But at the same time, I look at the rosters of those Western Conference teams, and I'm leaning towards it being one of the Lakers or Clippers as the team that takes it down. It's kind of more of just a feeling, and I'm with you that any of the teams can win it. I just think, you know, when it comes down to it, I want the team that has, like, the two true superstars when it comes to both the Lakers and the Clippers. And I think you get a bit of deeper rosters, even though I love this style of play. I think... You know, you're kind of splitting hairs, but let's let's see some underdogs win it. I don't want the favorites to win. I don't think they're like that big of favorites. All right, everyone. To me, Lakers beat the Bucks in the championship. Whenever whenever we do get that championship, everyone, thank you for listening and watching to the show. We will be back tomorrow.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.